Welcome to the CapEx podcast. I'm Alice Denby, Deputy Editor of CapEx. It's party conference season, and last weekend the Lib Dems were kayaking and playing crazy golf in Bournemouth. This weekend it's the Tories' turn to troop up to Manchester. We're anticipating drama, gossip, memes. Meanwhile, the Prime Minister is promising long term decisions for a brighter future. To give us a rundown of what to look forward to over the next few days, I'm delighted to be joined by CapEx's editor in chief and director of the Centre for Policy Studies, Robert Colville. Robert, welcome. Hello. So, Rob, what do you think will be the main themes of this year's conference? There's essentially two things happening. I think there is the short term and, and the long term. There is Rishi Sunak attempting to take his actual, his first sort of real opportunity to set out his vision, his personality, how he's going to take the country forward, why he deserves to get another term in office. It'll be a quite, a, I think, presidential approach. And we've been seeing some of the rollouts of that over the last few weeks. Then beyond that, there will be the longer term thing of a lot of people within the Conservative Party making the not entirely unjustified assumption that the party is probably not going to be in power post-2024, no matter how else Sunak does, the polls are, are where they are. And at that point, you know, the party will be in the market for something new. And I think we are probably going to see a struggle for the soul of the party. You're going to have Liz Truss making another one of her rare interventions, popping up at the rally for growth on Monday. The new conservative group are going to be uh, unveiling their own platform. The One Nation and Tory Reform Group, uh, they had their own conference a couple of weeks ago to kind of say, hello, we're, we're still here. Yeah. Um, and the, obviously, there'll be the sort of standard thing that everyone does of you know, we're seeing where the crowds are flowing in the, um, the fringe meetings, who's getting the most applause. Is David Frost the new Jacob Rees-Mogg in terms of the audience he can drive? Is it Kemi? Is it Suella? Is it Tom Tugendhat? You know, Penny, you know, that classic kind of feeling of, you know, people get sort of buzz around them. And let's dig into the detail a bit more. So we're talking about the kind of presidential approach that Richie's going to say, and he is going to be presenting a policy platform for the next election. And he's got to do a sort of tricky balance here, present himself as a kind of change candidate versus the past 13 years of Tory government, as well as giving some sense of continuity and incumbency advantage. So how do you think that's going to translate into what policies or any announcements that he's going to make? Yeah, so far we've had the long-term decisions, but not necessarily the brighter future. Mostly what we've had so far is Sunak promising to cut things, either things that he thinks the voters won't like or that Tory voters won't like or that he personally doesn't like. The only sort of exception to that has been the A-level promise reform of the A-level syllabus, but it feels like that's still kind of, that still needs a bit more time in the oven. We're not quite sure what it actually is or how it will impact on the rest of the curriculum or where the teachers will come from and various other things like that. The problem for Sunak as for Labour, um, as everyone is like, there's no money left. Governments have a sort of tendency nowadays not to announce policy at conference anyway, because it's a kind of waste of a, something which could get you some good headlines on another occasion. I think it is going to be sort of a division thing. It's going to be um, trying to set out a sort of personal narrative of competence, of reliability, of soundness, of you being able to trust this guy and not those nasty Labour people. Do you think that's going to get the membership going, competence and you know, trustworthiness? Or do you think that they want something bolder? Well, I think the, the role of the membership of conference is not, <laughs> not entirely as strong as it once was. I mean, conference has become essentially a money spinner for the party. It's quite corporate. It's quite expensive. I mean, we, we put on a load, as you, as you know, Alice, and as our listeners should know, we put on a load of um, wonderful events at conference. You know, we fill the rooms and always love to see everyone there. You know, it is definitely sort of striking over the years. The number of people with um, grey hair and cardigans has diminished and the number of people with sharp suits asking questions on behalf of the lobbying group they represent has increased, which is kind of what happens when you're in government. Also quite expensive to go. Mm. I think one other point is that, as you were saying, as people are predicting a Labour government, those kind of lobbying groups flock rather more to Liverpool than they will be flocking to Manchester, perhaps. That is true. Um, I but I think the Tories are going to, you know, there's always the thing, oh, will there be a revolt at conference? 
actually, like, if you don't like what the leadership is doing, you tend just not to go um, nowadays. Um, so, you know, last year's conference was obviously incredibly tumultuous, incredibly eventful, but that was all taking place at a really high level. It was Graham Brady telling the Prime Minister, look, you don't have the MPs with you. It was Quasi and Liz in having conversations in hotel rooms at 2am. It was, you know, Harry Cole of the Sun sort of chasing them through yeah. the hotel reception going, you know, we've been told you the 45p rate has axed and we're going to print it unless you, yeah. <laughs> unless you deny it. It's not that kind of thing of what we've just seen at the Lib Dems conference. Well, wonderfully, I've seen at the Lib Dems conference a great sort of youth insurgency um, in favour of building some houses. Yeah, absolutely. Shout out to the young Lib Dems. They planed a blind in there. I don't think we're going to see anything as dramatic as that. At no, um, Party no I don't think so. If anyone does have any uh, t shirts saying build some bloody houses, <laughs> I would be very happy to wear one. Um, perhaps <laughs> not when I'm interviewing Michael Gove on stage on Sunday morning, but maybe just um, in general. Well, I mean, this brings us very conveniently to our wonderful uh, CPS and CapEx slate of events. What are you most looking forward to? And so for those of you who don't know, um, CapEx is um, published and hosted by the CPS, hence my dual title, although Alice does all of the work. So if you have any <laughs> articles for CapEx, please get in touch with her. Please do, please do. Um, but yeah, so, uh, so we've got our, our own CapEx events, which I'm looking forward to. I'm hosting two panels, um, one on justice for the young and one on what have the Tories done for us. So if actually, if any listeners have any questions they'd like me to ask our panelists, please do get in touch. You can email me. But Rob, what are you most looking forward to? So conference is very strange for me because the Center for Policy Studies runs, we have our own space, we have our own program of events, and we get there on a Sunday and just run back to back. So you know, I will be starting off literally doing a one-on-one interview with Michael Gove at two o'clock on a Sunday, and then I will pretty much not rest until the end of your panel on Justice for the Young, when we can all go and get a pizza. You know, whenever people ask me, what's the mood of conference? I'm like, well, <laughs> I'm not entirely sure. I mean, I know what a few people told me when I, in the cocktail circuit in the evening, but you know, it's more like, did we fill our events? And um, mm-hmm. You're just focused on that. So I think um, I'm hoping that I'll be sober enough for the karaoke this year. I've not, I mean, it's always just been a bit too daunting, but I do have, um, I do have the urge. But I mean, I'm just I'm just looking forward to talking to Gove, which is always fascinating because um, we've obviously had a lot of disagreements on house building, but he is, mm. uh, you know, a real, you can't deny he is a figure of real stature. Um, Jeremy Hunt talking to him. Interesting questions about the economy because he's been, as chancellors tend to be, he's been quite quiet um, mm. uh, recently. So he might, he might have some things to say. And talking to Grant Shapps and Ian Martin about defence and security, obviously Ukraine, I'm sure, and AI and other emerging threats. On housing, which is one of our favourite topics here at CapEx and at the CPS, what are you going to be asking Michael Gove? Uh, can you please build some more houses? Let's <laughs> 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 just open with that. And then, uh, um, I, so I think um, house building is an interesting place. Gove, with his typical sort of Govian magic, has sort of conjured, a, I think, an electorally sustainable position for the Tories from the ashes of the implosion of Robert Jenrick's plans. Um, which were brutally betrayed by Boris Johnson. The, essentially, you know, the Tories are going to build some houses, but they're going to focus them in places like Cambridge, um, London, Leeds. They're going to sort of pick brownfield into city expansions, certification of cities, as opposed to any in order to protect the countryside. So I think the obvious questions there are how will you actually get this done? Because the obstacles to building in cities are actually just as much as building in the countryside. And also, you know, bluntly, there isn't actually enough brownfield land. And brownfield land is more expensive to build on because it's sort of got stuff on it already, which you need to get rid of. Whereas as fields, you can put houses on quite easily. Not that people like you doing so, but it's like as a technical exercise, yeah. it's much more effective. And then obviously, there's the nutrient neutrality measures, which we've covered extensively on CapEx. There were rumours that there might be a, a, a revival there. But there's also his product. You know, he's the Secretary for State for Leveling Up. He has responsibility for the union. So what is, if HS2 isn't going to Manchester, how does that work? Have the Tories levelled up? Do people in those areas feel they've, as I understand it, pretty much every mayor, including Andy Burnham, but also Andy Street, is going to be in the conference all loudly mm-hmm. denouncing the Tories for not having levelled up and not mm-hmm. investing in the North. So that's an, an interesting area. 
And as for we've also got a one-on-one with the Chancellor. And as you were saying, you know, the biggest problem that the Conservatives or, or the country has is that there is no money and we have no prospects for growth at the moment. So are you going to be challenging the Chancellor on how he's going to solve that problem? Yeah, absolutely. Just, uh, yeah, just like, oh, Jeremy. Fix the economy. <laughs> yeah, it's just simple. Oh, God, <laughs> why you haven't done it. I mean, almost more alarming than that are the longer term trends, which we've been doing quite a lot of work on at the CPS. You know, it's not just that we have low growth at the moment, because everyone's got low growth at the moment. It's that we've had a few decades of low growth and low investment. And if you look at the demographic challenge in particular, if you look at the sort of long-term trends, it's very hard to see where growth comes from. It's quite easy to see this you know, over the next 50 years, just on the, the, the dynamics of aging, the NHS is expected to chew up another 10% of GDP. That's mm-hmm. basically like a second income tax. And how you maintain a dynamic economy in that space is really hard. Also, I mean, this ties back into housing that, you know, a load of Tory voters are the ones who are, you know, who own their homes outright, don't want the view spoiled, don't want anything dynamic happening mm. that might mess things up. So I think on the whole, we're probably expecting a fairly downbeat, unexciting few days in Manchester. Not so much things can only get better as things can maybe hopefully get a bit better. Well, I think I, so every conference, people going to going, oh, it's a bit rough, you know, and then the, the leader gives his speech and everyone gets, you know, gets really, yeah. uh, apart from that horrible uh, time when Theresa May gave her speech mm-hmm. and... Um, I was sitting in the in the pressings for that, and it was it was awful because we'd been given printouts of the speech as she started speaking, and you could tell that she was only about a fifth of the way through it. And so I think there will be a sort of a bit of rebound and spring in a step. But then, interestingly, this year Labour is now after the Tories, mm. which hasn't been the case recently. So they'll be sort of responding to that, and then hoping that they get the kind of the bounce in the energy. And I think there'll be a bit more policy at Labour. There'll be a bit because you know they're in opposition. It's one of the few times people are actually looking at them and paying attention. So I think they'll be a bit keener to show a bit of their coats. Do you have a favourite conference anecdote to round us off? I did enjoy last year when at the end of various of the parties, it all sort of all shut down and um, some of us were sort of hunting for something to do. And we found a piano in a corridor of the Midland Hotel buried sort of beneath a couple of piles of chairs. So we sent off some of our party to get drinks, a large number of drinks, moved the chairs, pulled out the piano. Someone who's now in number 10 uh, sat down at the piano, started banging out show tunes. The then Deputy Prime Minister started, uh, <laughs> started launching into her, her favourites. And we basically had a kind of four of us ended up setting up a kind of impromptu two-hour sing-along. Two yeah. hours? Yeah, it, became, it was, yeah, we had, you know, Chris Hope, you know, came along as, I think I put it on the CPS WhatsApp group. Well, anyway, I think that rounds it off. Thank you very much, Rob. And thank you, um, thank you for listening. And I'll say, if you do have any questions or you want to say hello at conference, please do get in touch. Tell your friends to subscribe and tune in again. And if you're looking for the CPS and CapEx events, they are, uh, if you come in the main building, through the exhibition hall, and then it's uh, just off to your right. Thank you. (laughs) 